welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 260 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Today, we are doing the final podcast episode in our Fresh Start series. So if you haven't been listening to these, if you've missed a couple episodes, that's totally fine. But you're going to want to go back and listen to them because what this Fresh Start series has been my most focused tips. If you want to start focusing on your eating and your weight in a totally different way where it actually makes your life better this is where you should start. Episode one, two, three, and now four. What we're talking about today in episode four is avoiding common pitfalls. We've talked about how to set goals that light you up, how to avoid restriction, how to eat in a way that you don't feel like you're all on a diet. Now we're going to talk about where do people get stuck? How can you avoid getting stuck? Or because honestly, the reality of going after any big goals is you are going to get stuck sometimes How can you actually get yourself out when you do get stuck? How can we change how we view all that? We're going to talk about all of those things and more today because this is a really important episode. Before I get going, I just wanted to make sure you know about the Thriving as a Physician Facebook group. So this is a physician-only free Facebook group where you get more direct access to me. I post extra tips, tricks, post behind the scenes things about how I'm approaching my eating and weight in my own life and sharing the things I've learned in my own journey with you. So if you are a physician, you definitely want to be part of that group. Head over to Facebook and search for Thriving as a Physician and it'll come up. You'll need to request access and answer the questions so that I can confirm you are a physician and then we'll welcome you into the group. So make sure you do that if you haven't yet. For those of you who are new and don't really know me that much, I thought I'd introduce myself because it's been a while, but I'm Siobhan Key. I am an obesity medicine physician and a family physician up in Canada in Northern British Columbia. And what I love to do, what my passion is, is helping physicians go from feeling frustrated and feeling like managing their eating and weight takes so much effort that they can't even do it during the busy days to finding ways where they can integrate eating healthy seamlessly into the most busy weeks with feeling like they're not even working on it. And the reason why I love to do this and the reason why I spend my days doing this podcast and that free Facebook group and building my coaching programs is because I spend so many years struggling with all of this on my own. Anything you have been through, I've been there too. I've done it multiple times probably. And I know what that's like to be alone and not be able to find anybody who really understands the unique 
aspects of being a physician. I could find people that would tell me what to eat, but they couldn't tell me, how do I actually do that when I'm on call and I didn't get to go home and I have to work tomorrow and I'm just filled with carb cravings because I'm exhausted and overwhelmed with everything I have to get done and all I want to do is go to bed. There was this gap between how weight loss was taught and even in medical school, even when I did obesity medicine, there was still this gap between how it was taught, the what's you should do. And I believe most of us as physicians have a pretty solid idea of the what we should probably be doing. The gap is the how. The gap is how do you actually do that? What do you need to change in order to make it so you can do the what on a regular basis? And most importantly, do the what on those really busy days when you've been on call, all of that. And that's a piece that was missing. And I think it's still missing from most weight loss programs or tools or the ways that weight is taught because what to do doesn't matter if you can't really get yourself to do it. Getting yourself to do it and struggling in that aspect doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It means we have to change how we think about food, how we talk about food to ourselves, how we get curious about how we're going through our days and the ways that the stress patterns in our days impact our cravings and what we want to eat. There's so many different layers to it. But when you actually can have access to somebody who understands the realities of a physician life, then you can start to create changes and create solutions that actually really fit into your life. And that's what I do in this podcast. That's what I do with the members of my coaching program, Thrive Academy for Physicians, is I really help physicians figure out not just how do you lose weight, that's like slightly boring and I think sets the bar too low, but how do we thrive in our weight loss? How do we approach our weight and our eating in ways that each thing we do actually makes our day better and makes us feel better? And so if you're a physician and you've been struggling on this on your own, you are in the exact right place. This is my jam. This is what I love to do. Send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca or head over to Instagram or Facebook and send me a DM. It's at Dr. Siobhan Key, D-R-S-I-O-B-H-A-N-K-E-Y is where I am over there. Or like I said, come join us in that free Facebook group and tag me in a post and tell me what you've been struggling with. I'm here to help. I, in my own journey, kept struggling so many times so much struggle in for so many years couldn't figure out why and the reality when i look back now with hindsight being 2020 is i can see that i was tripping over the same mistakes over and over again and probably in the moment i could perceive that i kept making the same mistakes over and over again but i didn't have the skills to understand why i couldn't see what it was that i was truly tripping on i just thought it was something about me and food i thought i was broken i thought i just had like a brain that was obsessed with food. I wondered if I had food addiction at times. And there were so many layers to it, but I was missing the true mistakes I was making. And that's why I wanted to record today's podcast for you so that you can see some of these mistakes really can impact your eating. And yet they generally are not about the food or the solutions are not about the food. The solutions help take us away from being overly focused on the food. Because anytime you're just really like focused on the food, it's not going to be your easiest path. It's going to be more challenging. You are going to find yourself working harder and probably seeing less impact. And what I love to do anytime I'm working with anybody is I love to look for places where we can have 
smaller effort, reduce the amount of work, not even show you how to not work that much harder to reach your goals. But what I do is I show you how to work less and reach your goals because we look for smaller effort places that have bigger impact. And these pitfalls that I'm going to share with you today really fit into that in that they're places where making the shift isn't actually that much effort. It's not that you have to find more willpower to succeed. It's actually tools that'll make it so you don't need as much willpower, where you can see more success without the hanging on for dear life through cravings, all of those things we've been taught to do that just aren't sustainable. And it's not you that makes them not sustainable. It's that they aren't sustainable. Willpower never was the answer. Sticking to strict diets that somebody else hands you a set of rules about was never the answer. Our human brains don't like living in those situations. And so we need to find better ways. We need to design how we're approaching our weight in a way where our human brain, our busy, overwhelmed, frantic at times, physician, human brain can be sustainable. So what we're talking about here and everything I teach is not changing yourself at all, not being like, I'm the one that has to change to be successful. What we're talking about here, and this is such a fundamental shift in how you approach weight and eating that I think it's really important to absorb. What we are talking about is changing everything we do around eating and weight so that it meets you where you currently are. So you don't have to change. Your success doesn't hinge on you having that energy to change aspects of you that may not be very sustainable to change. Your success hinges on doing simple shifts that don't take extra energy and actually fit really nicely into your life. That is when it becomes sustainable. Can you feel how different that feels? If you're like, I'm not the one that needs to change, all this other stuff I've been thinking I should be doing for weight probably is what needs to change. And I need to look for the options that will actually fit in my life without me feeling like I have to exert a lot of energy to change. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what these pitfalls really focus on. And I encourage you, anytime you're thinking about eating a weight, consider that. Is this me wanting to change myself to fit into an ideal that I've been handed? Because that's probably not going to last long. And that's okay that it doesn't last long, right? That's not your fault. That's just, they are not things that were designed to last long. Or is it me taking ownership and empowerment in my own journey and intentionally curating the options I consider for managing my eating and weight to find the ones that actually feel really good to me and fit into my life. And I can see myself being able to do them on my really busy days. This is what we do inside Thrive Academy. And I love it when I get messages from members or they post in the private member group talking about how they've just had an experience where They're like, I can't believe I was around that food and it didn't even bother me. And I wasn't even working or trying not to be bothered by the food. It just happened. That's what happens over time inside Thrive Academy. Usually not in the first weeks. The first weeks you start to get the structure, but usually around the three-month mark, you start to have experiences like that where you're like, oh, that just happened and I wasn't bothered by the food or I didn't reach for food. And I love it because it's almost like osmosis. You're like, how did I didn't even try? How did that happen? And the members, when they tell me these stories, have this slightly confused look on their face that makes my heart so happy because that's when we know we're on the right track. Okay, let's talk about 
five common pitfalls, five places we get stuck. And if we can identify these, it's going to reduce your chance of being stuck or reduce the amount of time you spend stuck. Because we'll see in one of these pitfalls is getting stuck, making mistakes, having challenges in between now and your goals is part of the journey. There is no option where you are perfect and you have, and you go from here to your goal with no bumps along the road. That's not ever what will happen. And as much as we can normalize the fact that, yes, we're going to get stuck. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to be so focused on your weight loss and then reach for an extra helping of cake and it's still okay. We can still be successful. That's really, really powerful. We'll talk about that in one of the pitfalls. But number one is focusing on the food instead of the why. So this pitfall, my brain still does this one, by the way. It's just I can catch it and redirect it. But this one is where... You feel like you're not reaching your goals. You feel like you've been eating food that isn't going to help you reach your goals. You feel like there's something going on and you need to change what you're eating. The way we've been taught in diet culture to do this is focus on the food. Talk to yourself about what you're not going to eat anymore. Focus on what you are going to eat, how you're going to meal prep, all these food-focused topics. The problem is if you have a goal and you're excited about the goal, and the goal feels good, and you're doing things that move you further away from your goal, it's not that the food itself is so tempting. There are other reasons why you are reaching for the food. There are other reasons why in that moment, that food is more important to your brain than that long-term goal. And when we only focus on the food, when we're like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten those chips last night when my partner pulled them out and we were watching Netflix— And I just, next time he pulls them out, I'm just not going to eat them. We're missing huge, huge pieces of the puzzle. We're missing opportunities to actually make your journey easier. Because if you're sitting there, picture that one, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I told myself I'm not going to eat these chips when my partner pulls them out. And you're sitting on the couch and just trying to not eat the chips and you just desperately want the chips. That's going to be freaking hard and probably not very successful. Instead, if you're like, interesting. In the evenings, if somebody pulls out chips, I find it really hard not to eat them. What is it about the chips? How am I thinking about the chips? What is it about my day that's setting me up where the evenings are a time where it's really hard to not eat chips if somebody has them out? There's all these extra places that we could intervene. For example, if we're using this same example, One of the really common thoughts would be partner pulls out the chips and you think, oh, I shouldn't eat those. You know, I'm not allowed to eat those. And then you're like, oh, I'll just have one. And then you have one and then maybe two and maybe another handful. And then you're like, you know what? I'm this is my last chance then because I'm not going to eat those again. Next time he brings them out, I'm not eating them. So I'll just I'll just eat the chips and figure it out tomorrow. Right. Thinking those thoughts that are actually really disempowering contributes to eating the chips. And if you don't get curious about that, if you don't learn the power of thoughts like that on changing your eating experience, then you will always end up in that same pattern. And if you think that pattern is only about the chips, you're going to miss this. Also, another piece of this would be just the classic physician thing is spending your days without any breaks at all. And maybe that first time where you sit down and you flop on that couch beside your partner and notice that they have a big bag of chips out is the very first time you've taken a break that day. And your brain is like frizzled and frazzled and it's short-circuited 
and you just want to feel a little bit better. And your brain reaches for the chips because the reality is the chips give you dopamine and they do feel better in the moment. They just don't feel good long term. They don't help you feel better a half hour later. If you only focus on the chips and you're like, I'm just not allowed to eat chips at night, you will miss that. And man, for quality of life for physicians, learning how to create space for ourselves as we go through our days is huge. This is a piece where if you learn to look at this and notice this about yourself and create some shifts in how you approach your days, this will improve your eating. Absolutely. It'll make cravings kind of disappear that you used to think were just a given. But more importantly, it will make your days feel so much better because we are superheroes. We do amazing stuff. We do an amazing amount of work in a day. And yet our brains were human. We were not meant to run marathons every single day with no thoughts of our own needs and no thoughts of our own requirements for rest or pee breaks or water breaks. So when your brain is overly focused on the food, it misses really, really rich opportunities to intervene. And honestly, if I had to think, what is it that we do inside Thrive Academy? A lot of my time spent is here of helping the physicians and the program figure out what are the real things that are driving it? Where can we intervene where it's not about the food? So we don't have to spend time focusing on just don't eat. I never tell members of Thrive Academy, just don't eat or just, you know, really focus on not eating that food when the craving comes up because I found that advice to be useless in my own journey. And so I, I've found better ways and, and I teach you better ways inside the program. Pitfall number two, waiting for motivation. This is the idea that in order to create change in our life, we have to be motivated. And so we wait, hoping that we'll feel motivated. We hit a rough patch. We don't feel very motivated. We feel like we need to wait for the motivation to come in order to create change and get ourselves back on track. That's not true. And honestly, why is it hard to feel motivated? Well, because we're telling ourselves to do shitty stuff to ourselves that we don't actually want to do. That's hard to do in our busy days. And how hard is it to actually feel motivated about that? Like really hard. And that motivation is never going to show up. The solution for this is kind of twofold. Number one is if it's hard to feel motivated about what you're doing to manage your eating and weight, I would suggest taking a second look at it. Maybe what you're doing is kind of diety and restrictive and deprivation and feels like it's going to be a lot of work. There are better ways. You need to find better ways. Number two is motivation is actually created by how we think. And so we can create motivation. And even when it feels like motivation just shows up on your doorstep, it's actually because of how you've been thinking about what you want to do. There's been thoughts going on in the background that have created that motivated state. Now, what's really interesting is there are so many areas of our life where we do things when we are 100% not motivated to do them. This morning, before I started recording this podcast, I was stripping our bed and doing laundry. And there is not a time in my life where I feel motivated to do that. Most times going into the office, I don't feel particularly motivated. I go because it's important to me and because I have commitments. But almost every day, if somebody said, hey, you don't need to go in, you could stay home, I'd be like, sweet, staying home. We can take action. We can actually do very hard things without being motivated. You go on call. How often do you feel motivated to be on call? How often do you feel motivated to keep working after you've been on call? Like never, but we do it because we have a different set of thoughts about it. So this is twofold. Number one, 
with your thoughts, you can create motivation. You can look for thoughts that help you feel motivated. You can change what you're expecting yourself to do and find things that actually feel fun to manage your eating and weight. And then it's easier to create motivation. But also, there will always be days where you don't feel motivated because we are human. And managing your weight and eating is a lifetime journey. It's not a one and done. It's not like hang in there for six weeks and you'll be done. It's you need to continue to do it. So there is an element of some of the stuff you just need to do. Now, if we combine it with what I've been talking about is, can we find the lowest effort, biggest impact? Well, then it becomes easier to just do the thing um, and just do it because you know that it's going to help you. This morning, I sat down and journaled. This weekend was my son's birthday. It was a busy weekend. There was chips and cake and ice cream and all sorts of things over the weekend. And I ate more of that stuff than I normally would. And so this morning I was like, okay, I really should just sit down and journal. And I always think of it as getting my head on straight just to get my brain kind of clear about what I want to focus on. And I never feel motivated to sit down and journal. I I think it's a very powerful tool. It's super helpful. And yet my brain resists it. I'm not a journaly type person, or I wouldn't consider myself to be a journaly type person, if that's a word. But I said to myself, look, like in my brain was like, oh, but I got to go and I got to get to the hospital around. I got to get this podcast. Like we should just do the work. And I really had to be like, no, we're not going to do the work. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to take five minutes. I'm going to get my head on straight. And then we're going to go in and do the work didn't feel motivated, but it's how I talked to myself. I didn't have to fight with myself. I didn't have to wrestle myself down and make myself do it. It was just like, I hear you that you think that stuff's more important. But what I know is investing this little bit of time is going to make the day better. So think about it where you're looking for motivation and think, do I actually need motivation every day? How could I talk to myself on the days where I don't feel motivated? to still do it, to still take those steps? How could I design those steps so they're easier to take on the days where I don't feel motivated? And how could I talk to myself to help build the motivation? What tools help me feel more motivated about what I'm trying to do? Those are all different layers. But sitting around and waiting for motivation to happen is probably not going to be an effective tool for you. All right, number three, when the going gets tough, stepping into the over-restriction work harder mode. This is super common. I see this a lot where you might be learning some of these skills I've been teaching on the podcast and you're like, oh, this feels so much better. I really like this. And then you just hit a tough patch and that piece of your brain just goes and clicks back in and starts down the, okay, well, we got to cut all that stuff out and we got to just work harder. And that restrictive thinking is so embedded in us. It's really, really easy. And our brains are used to when things aren't going the way we want that that is the answer. It's like the one answer most of us have used for our eating and weight for our whole life is restrict, 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 work harder. And as physicians, that work harder piece is very deeply embedded in us where if work needs to get done, what do we do? We put our heads down and we work harder and we make sure it gets done. Throughout our training as attendings, we use that skill a lot. But when it comes to your eating and weight, when you're struggling the answer is never to restrict more or to work harder. Never. The answer is always to get curious and try to understand what is making me struggle right now. What's going on? How could I move forward? And if it's something like the scale's not moving, which I recorded a podcast episode on that not that long ago, you can go back and listen to that episode. But if it's something like the scale's not moving, 
again, that our brain's like, okay, well, we just have to cut out every food we've ever loved, eat much smaller portions, fast a whole lot longer, and then hopefully the scale will move. And it's just not sustainable. And then we're like, and then we need to like fit in those two hour workouts every day. And man, that's going to be a little challenging with my work and the kids, but all right, to be successful, we're going to have to do that, right? Like it's just not sustainable. It's not reality with what our lives are like. So instead, what we need to do is look at, okay, what changes could I make? And I always encourage physicians when I'm working with them in in this type of setting is we brainstorm all the different things you could make. And those really restrictive options are going to be on there, but we probably are also going to find other options that feel better. And then we can choose the option to move forward that actually still feels good, where you're not slipping into that restriction, where you're not feeling like I'm going to have to work so hard to make that happen. Because anything that requires a whole lot of extra work, a whole lot of extra restriction or willpower is just not going to be sustainable. And so then it's wasted effort. Even if it makes a difference in the very short term, because you won't be able to sustain it, that effort you put in is not going to show lasting results for you. It's wasted effort. So it's not that your brain's wrong when it clicks into this place, but just notice it and shift back out. Be like, oh, that's just that old pattern that I'm used to. That's just the way I was always taught weight loss should feel, but I'm just going to shift out and do it differently this time. Number four, and I talked about this at the beginning, pitfall number four is assuming mistakes equal failure. We've been taught this in diet culture that you mess up, it means you failed. You just have to start over. It's that idea that the way that we are successful is through perfection. You will be successful with your weight loss once you have been perfect with everything you're eating. That's just not true. It's, that's not how it works. We are human. We have human brains. We live in a very obesogenic environment with highly palatable foods that have been designed to activate our brains and make us want them. You are never going to be perfect. You live a high-stress job. And if you listen to this podcast, chances are you have a brain that likes to turn to food when you're super stressed. You are not going to be perfect with your eating, and that's totally fine. You can be wildly successful in your eating and weight and health journey while being messily imperfect. And that's beautiful. Because when we can start embracing that, that you know what, making mistakes isn't a problem. Making mistakes shows up, there's probably some places where you could do some work especially if those mistakes keep happening on a recurrent basis. But it's just part of the journey. All you need to do is build the skill of getting yourself back on track when that happens, simply and easily without doing a whole bunch of extra work, without hanging on there with willpower in a way that feels really kind. When we have setbacks on our journey, those are actually the places where there's so much opportunity for growth that will ultimately help you reach your goal and help you stay there. But when we have this mindset of mistakes equals failure, it makes it so we can't even look there. We can't even learn from those setbacks that are like gold mines of opportunity in our journey. So we have to change how we talk to ourselves. I like to just change the wording instead of like, oh, I can't believe I did that to, oh, I noticed that that happened. I wonder what was going on. What is it that I need to do to support myself right now? Questions like that will help you move forward. Even if you feel like you're currently in a setback, if you ask the right questions, you get curious, you work on growing around the issue that created the setback, that's going to move you forward. That's going to get you to your goals. There is no path where there's no setbacks. It just doesn't exist. It's a total falsehood that we've been sold. And when we can just remove that idea from our lives, 
man, it gets easier. And you know what? It opens up so much possibility to you about what you could achieve when you stop thinking that having a setback or messing up is evidence that you're not going to be able to do it. Okay, number five, using tough love about eating and weight. If you've listened to me for a while, you have heard me talk about this, but this is an important one. We have been taught that the way forward is being mean to ourselves and telling ourselves how we shouldn't have done it and how we need to make changes and how we need to get better and a lot worse. Like, let's be honest. The things you've probably said to yourself about your eating and weight sound way worse than what I just said. And it doesn't work. Think of a kid or a teenager, if you have those in your life, if you were to say to them, you can't, you know, I can't believe you did that. Why do you keep doing this? You're never going to be successful and you need to just shape up. Like, what's the response? Does it seem to be an effective tool that fosters improvement down the road? Not really. And if we think about using that in our own brain, using those types of words, it's no wonder like we feel defeated. We feel like a failure. But then you always have to ask yourself, what do I do when I feel that way? When I feel defeated and like a failure, is that when I go make myself a salad? Probably not. That's probably when you're like, I'll figure this out tomorrow. Or you're like, you know what? I just don't care anymore. Or I've already blown it. I'm just going to reach for this. There's so many layers. And the really big thing with this is, again, it makes your journey crappy. So if you think the tough love is the path to your goals, and you're going to shame yourself and make yourself feel like a failure the whole way, is that goal worth it? And then what happens once you reach that? How do you turn that off, right? I think we think once we reach there, we'll just like ourselves and it'll be easy to be nice to ourselves. We can stop, but that doesn't happen. We have to change these conversations that we have with ourselves from the get-go to change the whole journey, make the journey better, make our days better, make every little change you're doing to reach your weight and eating goals feel better, feel more enjoyable, because then that helps with sustainability. Okay, so to summarize what the five pitfalls are, because I know we've talked a lot about them today, but number one, focusing on the food instead of the why. Second pitfall is waiting for motivation to happen. Third pitfall is when the going gets tough, slipping into over-restriction and working harder. Number four is assuming your mistakes equal failure. And number five is using tough love around your eating and weight and thinking that that's going to get you to your goals. I hope that these topics have been really helpful. Honestly, this is big stuff. You may want to listen to this episode more than once and really let these things absorb in because what I'm talking about are some pretty deep-rooted habits of how we've been taught to think around our eating and weight. And if we can start to shift some of these, even just a little bit, you'll start to see really big changes in how your journey feels. Now, remember to head over to Thriving as a Physician on Facebook to join the private group where you can get more support, more tips from me, some behind the scenes looks into what I do in my own life. And it's all for free, which is lovely. And if you are a physician and you're at the point where you're like, I just want to do this differently. I want to reach these goals, but know that I'm doing them for the last time without worries that the weight's going to come back. Then check out Thrive Academy for Physicians, my coaching program for physicians only. You can head over to starttothrive.ca. And I think the biggest thing that I do in Thrive Academy for Physicians that's different than anywhere else that you've experienced is instead of handing you rules, 
I teach you skills. So this is a six-month investment in learning skills to manage your eating and weight in a way that feels really, really good to you that you can continue to use and adapt and modify for the rest of your life. And when you learn these skills in your eating and weight, they start to have ripple effects into the rest of your life. Your days feel better. Parenting feels better. You feel closer in your relationships. You just feel more confident in yourself because there is a compounding effect that happens when we start using these tools and we start approaching eating and weight in a different way. So if you are ready for skills instead of rules, come on over. Start to thrive. That's start number two, thrive.ca. Learn more about the program, fill out an application. I would love to chat more with you about it. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.